अथ सप्त सप्तमसर्ग गे प्रशाताशरथिर्धनु वरुणाया प्रमेया ददो हस्ते महायशाद्यतमो वसीष्ठ प्रमुखाषीन पितरम विकल दृष्ट्वा प्रोवाचर घुनंदन जामदग्नो गम प्रया चतुरंगिणी अयोध्याखी सेनाथेन पालिता वचनम श्रुवा राजा दशरथ सुत बाहुभ्याज्य मूर्ध्युपाघ्राय राघव गम श्रुवा हृष्ट प्रमुदि नृप पुनर्जात मेने चोदयामासताम सेनाम जगामाशु ततपुरी पताकाध्वजनी रम्यां तूर्योदुष्ट निलाजिताजपथारम्यां प्रकीर्णकुसुमोत्कराज प्रवेश सुमुख पौरैर्मंगलपाणि संपूर्णा प्राविशद्राजा जनौघसमलंकृता पौरै प्रत्युदत दूर द्विजरवासी पुत्रैरणुगत श्रीमाद्भिश्च महायशा प्रवेश गृहम राजा हिमत्सदृश प्रिय ननंदस्वजनराजा गृहे काम सुपूजिता कौसल्या चुमित्रा चैकेयी चुमध्यमा वधो प्रतिग्रहेयुक्ताजयोषिता तथ सीता महाभागा मूर्मीलांचयशस्वीनी कुशध्वज सुते चोभे जगृहृपयोषिता मंगलालापनैर्होम शोभिता क्षौमवास सेवतायतनाशु सर्वास्ता प्रत्यपूजय अभिवाद्यासुता रेमिरे मुदिता भर्तृभिर्मुदिता कृतदारास्त्रा सधना सुहृज्जना शुश्रूषमाण पितरम वर्तयते नरर्षभा कस्यचिथ काल से राजा दशरथ सुत भरतंकुत्रब्रवीद्र घुनंदन अयंकेकयराज से पुत्रो वसति पुत्र काेतुमागत वीरो युधा जिन्मातुस्तवा श्रुवा दशरथ सेत कैकयी सुत गमनायाभिचक्राम शुघ्न सहित आपृछ्य पितरम शूरो रामचाक्लिष्टिणम मातृश्चा नरश्रेष्ठ शत्रुघ्न सहित ययौ युधाजिप्राप्य भरत सशत्रुघ्न प्रहर्षिता स्वपुर प्राविशद्वीर पिता तस्तोषा गते चरते रामो लक्ष्मणश्च महाबल पितरम देवशंकाशं पूजयामास पिताराजस्कृत पौरकार्याण सर्वश चकाररा सर्वाणि प्रियाणि चिता च मातृभ्यो मातृकार्याण परमयंत्रिता गुरूना गुरुकार्याण काले कालेन्वैक्षता दशरथ प्रीत ब्राह्मणा गीलवृत्न सर्वे विषयवासीषातीयशा लोकेम सत्यपराक्रम स्वयं भूरीव भूताभूव गुणवत्तर रामश्च सीतया साधं विजहार बहूनृतून मनस्वी तमना हृदय सर्ता प्रिया तो सीता दारा पितृकृता प्रीतिर्भूयो भी वर्धते 
ಅಂತರ್ಗತಮಪ್ಯಕ್ತಮಾಖ್ಯಾತಿಹೃದಯಂಹೃದಾ ಇತ್ಯಾರ್ಷೆ On the departure of Parashurama, Shri Rama hands over the bow of Lord Vishnu to Varuna, the god of water, and sending his army ahead, King Dasharatha enters Ayodhya. After some days, Prince Yudhajit, Bharata's maternal uncle, takes away Bharata and Shatrughna to his father's capital. Parashurama having left, the highly illustrious Shri Rama, son of Dasharatha, whose mind was completely addressed, made over as a trust the bow in his hand to Varuna, the god of water, of immeasurable strength. Greeting the sages, headed by Vasishtha, and seeing his father, who had apparently failed to notice the discomfiture and departure of Parashurama, perturbed over the menacing attitude of Parashurama, Shri Rama, a scion of Raghu, then submitted to his father as follows. Parashurama, son of Jamadagni, has departed. Let the army, consisting of four limbs, elephants, chariots, horsemen and foot soldiers, and protected by you, its master, therefore, march in the direction of Ayodhya. Hearing the request of Sri Rama, King Dasharatha closely folded in his arms his son, the foremost of Raghu's race, and smelled his head as a gesture of affection. Delighted, overjoyed to hear that Parashurama had already left, the king thought his son, as well as himself, reborn on that occasion. He urged his army forward and then speedily reached his delightful capital. The king presently entered in state the city decorated with flags and buntings and rendered noisy by fanfares of trumpeters. It looked charming with its highways sprinkled with water and was strewn with heaps of flowers. It was brimful with citizens, their faces blooming over the return of their king and carrying auspicious articles in their hands and was fully graced with multitudes of men met far in advance by the citizens as well as by brahmanas inhabiting the capital and followed by his glorious sons, the glorious and highly illustrious king now entered his beloved palace vying with the Himalaya mountains in whiteness and height. Duly entertained with luxuries by his own people, the king rejoiced at his house. Kausalya and Sumitra as well as the graceful Kaikai and whatever other queens they were, busied themselves with the ceremonious reception of their daughters-in-law. Thereupon the queens conducted into the gynecium the highly blessed Sita and the illustrious Urmila, as well as both the daughters of Kushadhvaja, Mandavi and Shrutakirti.
all those queens forthwith got the brides to offer worship in the temples inside as well as outside the gynecium. The brides, who were greeted with benedictions pronounced by the priests, looked, looked splendid after having offered oblations to the sacred fire in order to solemnize their entry into the gynecium and were clad in silken robes. Having saluted on that occasion those who deserved to be saluted, all the princesses, without exception, happily enjoyed life with their husbands in their private apartments. Duly married and taught the use of various missiles and weapons and endowed with riches, the princes, who were jewels among men, lived in the company of their friends and relatives, rendering service to their father. Sometime after this, one day, King Dasharatha, the delight of the Raghus, spoke to Bharata, the son of Kaikai, as follows. This son of the king of Kekaya, the heroic Yudhajit, your maternal uncle, who has come to take you to his father's capital, is tarrying here in the hope of being allowed to take you. Hearing this remark of Dasharatha, Bharata, son of Kaikai, forthwith got ready to depart along with Shatrughna. Taking leave of his father, King Dasharatha and Sri Rama, who did great things without much exertion, as well as of all his three mothers, Kausalya, Sumitra and Kaikai, the heroic Bharata, a jewel among men, left with Shatrughna for the kingdom of Kekaya. Highly rejoiced to get hold of Bharata, along with Shatrughna, the valiant Yudhajit reached and duly entered his town, and his father felt gratified at this. Bharata, as well as Shatrughna having left, the very mighty Rama and Lakshmana began to serve their godlike father when the occasion demanded it. Placing his father's command above all else, Sri Rama ever did in every way all businesses relating to the citizens which was dear to them as well as conducive to their interests. Doing all the work of his three mothers for their sake, Sri Rama, who was highly self-restrained, attended from time to time the important business of his elders. In this was King Dasharatha, the Brahmanas as well as the traders. In fact, all the people of the kingdom of Ayodhya were pleased with, this, with the disposition and conduct of Sri Rama. Sri Rama, who was endowed with true unfailing valour, outshone all his brothers in reputation and, like Brahma, the self-born creator, excelled all created beings in merit. The high-minded Sri Rama, whose heart was set on his spouse and who stood enthroned in her heart, enjoyed life with her for many months. Sita was dear to Sri Rama as a partner made available to him by his father. Because of her manifold virtues and comeliness of form, his affection for her grew all the more. Her husband too, because of his excellences and lovely appearance, gained a doubly secure grip in her heart. Sita, the princess of Mithila and daughter of Janaka, who compared with goddesses in bodily charm and was beauty incarnate, as it were, could vividly read in minute detail with her mind even that which existed in the inmost heart of Sri Rama. United in wedlock with that foremost princess who was the sole object of his love and whose love was centered in him, Sri Rama, 
the aforesaid son of King Dasharatha, a royal sage, looked most charming and full of joy, even as the all-pervading Vishnu, the suzerain lord of gods, in the company of Shri, the goddess of fortune. Thus ends Canto 77 in the Balakanda of the glorious Ramayana of Valmiki, the work of a rishi and the oldest epic. End of Balakanda